Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one collar-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Welcome back to hour number two at Drive Time Sports here on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer standing by in northwest Arkansas. I'm Randy Rainwater from the capital city. Rick, last Saturday I had the privilege to attend the Harding University Grand Valley State. Yeah, really? You went? Contest. And I got to tell you, you think seven to six is not exciting? Well, it was. It was very exciting. And we are now joined by the head coach of the Harding Great. University Bison, Paul Simmons. Paul, are, are you breathing comfortably now? I mean, you get to fourth in a yard, and you're down six to nothing with about, what, three and a half minutes left to play, and the game basically is on the line. <laughs> i tell you what, you know, Rick and, and Randy, this was, one point, Rick. Um, yeah, it was just, it was unbelievable, and oh, um, you know, just a just a great testament to persistence, and and uh, and that probably was the biggest, most talented team that's ever been in our field. It, it definitely is. Um, boy, everything was everything was rough and, and brutal, but we talked about halftime, man. Just keep swinging, keep swinging, keep swinging, and stay together and, and um, something's going to break for us and um, you know that's what happened they just stayed in there and you know so many people fail at whatever they do because they just give in too soon so I'm just really really proud of my guys because I kept hammering away and, and found a way and so um, just an awesome exciting day probably the best day we've ever had honestly Alright the dive play that's what I call it. The dive play is the bread and butter of your offense. And what did Grand Valley State do, Paul, that just basically shut that dive play off, but yet they were so talented, uh, they could come up, they could close down the edge, and they you couldn't get anything outside. What was, what, what was Grand Valley State doing that was so effective against your rushing attack? You know, you know what's crazy, Randy. In back-to-back weeks, you know, two weeks ago, we played a team that, that led the nation in scoring, and you know, we're so explosive. And then the next week, you know, Grand Valley came into the game, you know, allowing 50 yards a game rushing. Just, just really, really disciplined, um, really talented. Uh, you know, a, a team full of Division One transfers and just really talented guys. They just made, they just made. Uh, made it really, really tough for us, and they did some things scheme-wise that we weren't expecting. Um, but yeah, you know, to say we had to earn every yard was an understatement. I think they had 220 yards total, but we had 235. You know, every play uh, ended in a you know a train wreck. Just a really physical, brutal day. You know what was interesting? I think it was number nine and number ten. Uh, for Grand Valley State on defense, I mean they they look like that D one transfer that you're talking about. Uh, Bob White and I did something that I've I, I've never done before. Went over on the Grand Valley State side, sat on the bottom row. I mean we could hear discussions. I started to see if I could send you over some uh, signals about you know some of the things they were doing, but I, I didn't want to steal any signals. But these guys would come off the field. I'm thinking, holy smoke, they're they're talented. But number ten, 
I don't think he factored into a play all day long. If his job was to protect the edge, okay, he protected the edge. But this kick looked like he could have been a monster out there on defense. But those two yeah, defensive you know, tackles, they didn't budge an inch all day long. Yeah. You know, Andy, I really think that three of their old linemen would start in the SEC. They're 6'6", 320. Those, those linemen were 6'5", and 6'6", and really talented. But what about that business sideline? It's pretty neat, isn't it? It's 19 feet wow. to the edge of the field. You know, we, we did that two years ago. And, uh, it's a pretty neat experience being so close to the field. Um, but, yeah, just, just an amazing day. Awesome for the, the entire Harding community. Giant crowd here. Um, and so many old bisons that hadn't been here in, you know, 25 years to get to come back and do that together. And, um, you know, we we talk all the time about how winning isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is, is, is honoring God with how we work and how we compete and how we face adversity. And we had a lot of adversity Saturday and, and certainly had a lot of chances to, to, to try to be who we, who we want to be. And that's, that's God honoring men. And, um, but it certainly is, is fun to do things uh, the right way or try to do it the right way and and, uh, and get a win at the same time. And just to be playing ball this time of year is amazing. Um, I, I can't believe that the national semifinals is going to happen in Cersei, Arkansas. Uh, it feels very surreal. Um, but just I mean, couldn't be more proud of my, my young men and my coaches. And, you know, Division Two is so different than Division One because there's no bye week. You know, these, we, we have been working for, I guess, 16 straight weeks, and my coaches have been working 90 hours a week. And so to see it all come together and pay off is, is very rewarding. Uh, I, I'm telling you, you know, Randy, if you knew these young men, what, the, what they're all about, how they do things and work and the level of accountability, uh, I think you'd be even more pressed because they're a lot better people than they are players. They're pretty good players. Rick, they have one player that I swear he could not be more than five foot eight. Hmm. He could not weigh more than 135 to 150 pounds dripping wet. Wow. This is their, is he your middle linebacker or is he oh my gosh. your really? right side <laughs> linebacker? Number yeah. 24. Well, I love number well, 24. Yeah, Clark, Clark Griffin actually is a legacy uh, player here, his grandpa played here. His his, his dad and and uh, uncle played here. Is 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 uh, you know, and and he he is an elite player. You know, he doesn't have elite size, but he is an elite player. He's a he's a he's an all region, all conference linebacker, and it doesn't make any sense when you when you look at his stature. Uh, but he has got incredible feel, incredible savvy. He loves to play. Um, you know, he's led us in tackles by far for two years in a row. And it really is pretty comical because our D line, they look division one. And you know, starting to be tackle squats 800 pounds. <laughs> he benches 500 pounds. And, and Clark, uh, Clark is not barefoot. He, he's not 5'8. Um, but, but he is a, he is a fantastic player. You know, actually earlier in that game, somebody was sitting on the sideline by you. And one of their coaches looked out there and, and said, "What in the fuck? You know, <laughs> what, what is what is this?" And, and I'm just thinking, "Well, you're going to find out because uh, he just makes plays everywhere." And he he has some tackle Saturday. He he does every every Saturday. It's it's uh, it's pretty special. But yeah, that's Clark Griffin. <laughs> he, he's a baller. I promise you that. You ran a stunt with Clark, and he's. Starting on the right, he he spins to the left, and he runs into an <laughs> offensive lineman. He just bounced off the offensive lineman and didn't hesitate, kept on going down the line, scraping down the line of scrimmage, and helped make the tackle. It was almost comical. I mean, it's like, he, okay, he there's this. All the time. He actually is the guy on the, the last fourth down that ended the game. He, he was the guy that was applying pressure. It makes no sense, uh, but... You know, that, that kind of is a testament to our team. We got lots of guys on our team that, that nobody else wanted, but they have giant hearts and they love each other and they go to war for one another. And, you know, uh, they may be, some of them are short on stature, but the level of passion and accountability is, is, is really, really elite. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't be more proud to be a part of it. But, 
yeah, he, he's an excellent player, and there's a lot more of them that are like him. <laughs> All right, one other tradition, Rick, that by and far separates itself from any Power 5 school. You'll see the crowd rush the field for this dramatic victory. I'm not talking about Saturday, but I'm talking about Division 1, Power 5. You got this great victory like we saw Arkansas over Texas a couple of years ago. One of the neatest traditions, Paul, that I think, and it may be at all the other uh, Division II schools, it may be whether Henderson, Washington, name them all. But after the end of the game, Rick, the crowd comes down, and mainly it seems to be parents. They're out hugging their sons, uh, parents hugging other kids that they feel like is their kids. But this is all on the playing field. And I think it's one of the neatest traditions because I was there a couple of years ago when Coach Huckabee was still coaching, and Park Parrish was the quarterback. And, oh, by the way, I found out something about Park, uh, Coach. Do you know that he has now turned into a broadcaster? Oh, absolutely. He's he's fantastic. Park yeah, Parrish. Yeah, Park and Billy, that's their, they, they call it every game. And they're, they're awesome. You know, Park's a physical therapist up in Mountain Home now, but... <laughs> Mark's a loyal, loyal, special old bison, and he's a man of many talents, for sure. Well, I can't squeeze into his jersey. He gave me his jersey after his final home game and uh, autographed it for me. There's no way I could squeeze it on, or I'd wear it on Saturday, but I, I can't quite fit into it. And, uh, he was a little bit slimmer than I am. But I'm going to give him a hard time. I'm going to go up Saturday, and I'm going to give him a hard time about becoming a broadcaster, because my yeah. family loves that kid. And... Um, Park has been a friend of ours for quite a number of years, Kerry and I. So it is. Uh, I you know, Andy, what you were describing out on the field—that that really is—is is, you know, if I called a recruit, I would say, listen, you know, this is a special place. We got awesome academics. We're going to win at a crazy high level. We have the best facilities in the country in Division Two. But none of that is why you should choose Harding. You choose Harding if you want to be a part of a family, of a brotherhood guys that love each other, of a community that when they say they're pulling for you, and that doesn't mean they want you to win. That means they want you to win in life. They want right. you to, to be an awesome Christian father and husband. They want you to, to be a humble leader. They want you to be in heaven one day. You know, the community, that's that's what matters. And, and, and you know, if I have a recruit in my office and he's been here all day, and I said, well, what are you thinking? He says, Coach, I, I, you know, I kind of like this. It's a nice campus. I'm like, a nice campus? You're not even paying attention. Who cares? <laughs> this is about people. It's about relationship. It's about brotherhood. It's about those seven or eight guys that are going to stand beside you in your wedding one day. You know, I mean, Coach Huck preached my wedding. You know, it's it's that kind of a special, special place. Uh, we have a coach on our staff right now who's the first guy who has coached at Harding in 40 years that didn't play here. This is this is home. It's family. It is. It just means so much more to us, and and that's really evident on the field like you said, and, and just the people loving on each other. And, and our our tradition, every, every you know, guys, when we get up, you know, we're going to one, two, three, honor God, because remember, everybody you see, what do you say to them? You thank them for being here. You know, you have a humble spirit. You have a grateful spirit. Um, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to influence and impact and raise up men that just happen to be good at football. But if we, if we win a national championship next weekend, but nobody – you know, help these guys figure out what it means to be a Christian man that can lead by serving, then the whole thing was a failure and a waste of time. And we, we like to do both well. We want to win and we want to raise up men at the same time. All right, Paul, let's turn our attention to Lenore Ryan. And uh, this is, what, a number four seed that has advanced so far, if I'm correct? Yeah, they had a big win versus, the, you know, Valdosta, who's a big-time power. Oh, yeah. Last weekend, they 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 caught Valdosta in pouring down rain. Um, but you know they're they're really talented. They they run the ball really well. They're, they're, they got great receivers. You know you don't get to semifinals on accident. Uh, but Lenore Ryan's a private school, in North Carolina, beautiful little place. Um, and they've actually played the national championship about ten years ago. So they're not strangers to to this situation. We're we're super thankful. To, to have it on our home field. I tell you, and Randy, that's been one of the, the giant blessings of my life. You know, both of my boys are getting to play linebacker side-by-side side for the academy 
And every other year I've been here, I would have had to miss those games being on the road. But, you know, getting the one seed, I've been able to watch both my boys play together. It's been amazing. And then Saturday, you know, I said, well, I'm going to have to miss my boys' state championship game. Well, ESPN is picking our game up, and our game's at 11, and then the boys play at 6.30. And so, you know, that whole situation is just a blessing to be a part of the whole thing. It, it really is a magical season um, in, in, in my life and for my family. Um, it's pretty awesome right now. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, it's hard to put into words the atmosphere that is there. I mean, right behind your bench, you've got the student section that's, that's constantly going crazy. And then you got the rest of the um, uh, supporters. But the thing that was so cool, uh, it's in a bowl, open bowl. I guess that would be towards the west. And, I mean, people are lined up thick the only place that really had any space and i and i will give grand valley state credit on this they brought a little pet band with them and they had quite a few supporters they were quite vocal i I can tell you that i can't share some of the words they used but um (laughs) well randy you know two years ago i mean one of my big dreams my whole life is is to to remove the track it's really hard to have awesome fan engagement with a track i just yeah we'll, we'll never pull that off but you know, a lot of things fell into place. We actually built a new gorgeous track facility. We took the track out and we we put our field right against the bleachers. I mean, I I want I want those fans sitting on the back of my neck. I want them to be that close. <laughs> they and, are. And, you know, we, we and and what we hope to achieve is what's happening. Our fans are so much more involved because they are right on the field. And our visiting sideline is like I said, it's 19 feet, and so and then and then we added a wall in the west end zone. You know, if you look at the game three or four hours before the game, you can't get a seat on the wall, and it really has become mm-hmm. such a fun, awesome atmosphere. And and you know, there's not a lot of times when you can say that a Division Two crowd impacted the game, but I'm telling you, this year in our biggest games, you know, versus OBU and our playoff games. The the crowd, without a doubt, has changed uh, the outcome of the game, and it's been, been really fun to be a part of. Paul, you, you kind of touched on it a second ago. That was in relationship with Harding Academy playing uh, in the 4A state championship game down at War Memorial at 6.30. You mentioned the 11 o'clock kickoff. Have you had any 11 o'clock kickoffs this season? Never. How does it uh, we, How does it change we, for you? Well, you know, you gotta you gotta get your, your your body ready to do that. You know, it's it's it is a big difference. And so we're we're getting our guys out of bed earlier this week every day, getting getting their internal clocks going. But it's a challenge, and I, I'm worried about it. I really am you know, concerned about it. But I can tell you, you know, our opponent Lenore Ryan. I mean, they're standing Little Rock, so they're you know they're going to be getting out of bed really early. Um, but you know, they're they're East Coast, so their body will think it's this noon. But, uh, yeah, I'm concerned about it. So we're getting them out of bed. We're getting breakfast checked. We're getting getting that schedule going earlier for them. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't choose it, but I am excited about what it means for later in the day for getting to watch my boys play. And that's going to be a great game between Rivercrest and uh, Harding Academy. Boy, it is. It is. Rivercrest is talented. I watched them last night with my youngest son. And, talented. and combine that with uh, what is expected now, Paul, you talked about Valdosta and Lenore Ryan playing in rain or at least in, in inclement weather. If the forecast holds true, there could be some nasty weather that's in central Arkansas uh, this upcoming yeah, weekend, it, this Saturday. Yeah, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a, it's supposed to be a messy day, and you know it's which you know, I'm disappointed that it might impact the size of our crowd. But I can tell you this: as far as as far as us. Winning a ball game, you know, the nastier the better. Let the wind blow, mm-hmm. let the rain come. We'll pound that football, and um, you know, it's, last week, you know, they, they played in the in the, in the downpour. They, they passed for seventy yards, which is just really really challenging. And so, you know, if, if our opponent can get one dimensional on offense against us, it's going to be a long day for somebody. 
Rick, I, I believe by my unofficial, I didn't get the final stats, but I think the final passing totals was one of three for Harding University with that one completion coming on third down, and it was wow. good for about 15 yards. Mm. Uh, needless to say, Paul doesn't care whether it, there's rain, sleet, snow, it, uh, uh, I guess a tornado. Bring it, baby. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> bring it on. Bring it. Pound that rock. Pound that rock. And uh, I, I got to I got to admit, I got a little frustrated with the play caller on Saturday. I wanted to call dial up a few more passes but uh, that was the that was the way it was and but i'll tell him i'll pass that on to him he'll probably <laughs> it probably changed because you said that <laughs> <laughs> well uh, you know i can give some hand signals maybe i don't you know i'll have to get in the same page with him and, and when i want to call a pass then i'll i'll give him the signal but gosh paul i, I look up there and there's nine guys in the in the box and I'm thinking it's going to be impossible. It's going to be impossible to run the football, particularly as good as those D tackles were for Grand Valley State. You know, a quick footnote, I didn't realize what a tremendous, great tradition that they had at Grand Valley State. I, they're, what, four-time past national champion? Yeah, Grand Valley, you know, they they got almost 25,000 students, the same size as the University of Arkansas, just about. They've won four national titles. Uh, Brian Kelly at LSU won two national titles there. They're the winningest Division II program in, in history. Um, you know they'll have twenty five thousand students at a at a, at a home game. Um, but here's here's a neat thing: the last time they were held without a touchdown, Randy, was in two thousand and three. Okay, and in that game, they beat a Division One school nine to six. Right. Uh, I'll give you some more perspective on what kind of what kind of program Grand Valley is. You know, Montana is the number number two in the country in Division One FCS. All right, they beat Ferris State this year, seventeen to ten, in a in a war, and they're 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 killing. Paul, Paul, can I ask you to hang on? We're about to hit the break. Hang on. Oh, yeah. All right, that is Paul Simmons, head football coach of Harding University. 2023 Dodgeball Santa Dodgeball Tournament, December 10th on Main Street in downtown Little Rock. Get your team together and get ready to compete for the giant wrench. Go to dodgeballsanta.com for more information. Hi, neighbor. It's Garen with Shamrock Roofing. Fall is upon us. Don't go into the cold, wet winter months wondering if your roof will hold up till spring. Get peace of mind today. For the next 30 days, we're offering a free impact-resistant roof upgrade. Plus, if you've been denied coverage by your insurance company after the storms, you qualify to win a new roof for free. Just visit shamrockroofer.com for more details. Shamrock Roofing, where one call does it all at shamrockroofer.com. When you do something for over 45 years, you get really good at it. Like Roger here. He's been raking leaves for over 45 years. With a twist of his trusty rake, he can shape a pile of leaves into a grizzly bear catching salmon. A one-fifth scale of Mount Rushmore. Whoa. Even a working international space station. Stunning detail, Roger. We're a lot like Roger raking leaves, except we do it with insurance. Williamson Insurance, protecting your business and your family for over 45 years. Give the gift that will last a lifetime this holiday season. You need to call QC Kinetics right now. If you or a loved one have knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain, and you just can't get rid of it, Get lasting relief with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. Hey everybody, it's RJ Hawk. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. And you know what? You can call right now for a free consultation by calling 222-8440. If you've got pain from an old injury or pain associated with arthritis, you need to check this out today. The future of medicine is here, and it's here to stay. Regenerative treatments from QC Kinetics. These all-natural treatments repair and restore damaged joint tissues, giving you pain-free and movement again. And don't forget, you can use your HSA and FSA funds for QC Kinetics. Call now for that free consultation. 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. That number one more time, 501-222-8440. 
So how many guns does a man need? Just one more, of course. And as always, Max Prairie Wings is the place to go for that one more gun. With $200 off select in-stock Browning shotguns and rifles, $75 rebates on Beretta A300 Ultima, $150 rebates on the Beretta A400, and the Weatherby 18i Waterfowl 12-gauge Supermax 3.5 and Mossy Oak Bottomland for just $849. It makes sense to check out all this and more online at maxpw.com. Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart. The hunt begins here. Football fans, tailgate season is here, which means it's time to score touchdowns and savings for your vehicle. At All About Tire and Brake Tire Pros, we offer incredible deals and service like your daddy used to get with the financing options that fit your budget. With our team by your side, you'll get MVP service along with the traction and confidence you need to stay on the road. Visit us online today at allabouttireandbrake.com. All About Tire and Brake Tire Pros. Love the drive. Live from the Eat My Catfish studios, you feed your crave for sports by listening to Drive Time Sports. Much like you feed your crave at any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations. Be a part of the game plan. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. We are rejoined by the head coach of the Harding University Bison, who are prepared this weekend, 11 o'clock. Yes, 11 o'clock in the morning, as they will be taking on Lenore Ryan out of North Carolina. Semi-final. That's right, semi-final for the Division II championships. And, um, Paul, you were talking about uh, Grand Valley State and Brian Kelly. At least I think that's what you were talking about. Before we hit the well, break, yeah, I was just, yeah, I was just talking about the level of their program, and and uh, what I was saying is, 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 is Ferris State, who's the, the two-time defending national champion, went up and played Montana and got beat by seven, and then Montana is killing everybody. They're, they're number two in the nation in FCS Division One. Well, Ferris State lost two other games this season. That's it, and back up for the Grand Valley. Um, you know, just a, just an awesome opponent, and you know, such a tall task for our guys. And, um, but you know, you don't have to be better than a program all year long. Just just for one day, one day for four quarters, and and uh, I'm just really really proud that you know Grand Valley's at home right now, and we just got through a practice, so it's a it's a it's a great great blessing for sure. Well, I talk about this all the time, Paul, about the high school kids who get to practice on Thanksgiving Day, and you had the same privilege of practicing on Thanksgiving Day with your team and now you get to move on to the point you're now in the semi-finals now that was central missouri state who you played following thanksgiving uh but now you're getting ready for a little ryan and um we just want to wish you the very best of luck i'm going to be there i'm going to harass billy morgan and i'm going to harass park parish and uh aggravate anybody else i can uh, now, if it's raining and all that other stuff, I'll probably stay up in the press box and, and help them out whatever way that I can so I can stay dry. But uh, I'm yeah, just looking I'm, I'm looking I, I for a great... I the support. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the support big time. I love it. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to be on. And, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to make you proud, Randy. All right, buddy. Good luck this Saturday, and I will see you this Saturday. Good luck. Good luck, Paul. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is Paul Simmons, head football coach of the Harding University Bison. Good for you. Great interview. Good to have him on. What an absolutely amazing season they're having. And wouldn't it be great? But now, the one thing, you, I, you knew this, but I don't. How do they keep getting these home games when they're playing teams that are maybe even ranked higher than they are? No, they are ranked higher. Are they? Yes. Okay. And uh, I was talking to Jeff Morgan, who is the former ba- head basketball coach, men's basketball coach, and I asked him, uh, this was before the game kicked off, and then we were standing there uh, after the game was over watching the celebration. I said, what do you think about next week? And he said, you know, everything lines up for us to have you know, another uh, host another home game. We're number one seed. Uh, the other team that will be playing, I think you already knew that Lenore Ryan had won. They're a four seed, 
and then combine that with you know our attendance, our crowd, blah blah blah. So, you know, he just said, I think we got a great chance wow, of hosting great. again. So keep winning, right? Just keep going. Keep win first, winning. Yeah. yeah. Now I think the championship moves to Frisco. I think that's right, Frisco, Texas. I think that's right, but I may be wrong about that. And uh, so, yeah, great, great weekend, and uh, I look forward to going up there on Saturday and supporting the Bison. I did take a chance when Bob and I went over on the um, visitor side. I had on my Buzz jacket, but I had on a uh, Harding Bison hat. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe you know. I just did. You have like buffalo. Uh, what are the horns sticking out of your head? <laughs> no, it was just a simple ball cap. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> okay. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. What's up, Kevin? Gentlemen, how are you? I heard you last night at the press conference. You were mighty brave. I think anyone was brave last night asking any questions of Eric Musselman. You knew with the way that uh, Furman was knocking down the three-point shot and the missed assignments, the way that he was shuffling players in and out, he was not a happy camper last night in spite of winning the game against Furman. Yeah, you know, Arkansas... I don't think we've seen, even in non-conference, we've seen him play a lot of players in games they are winning big. He, he just kind of lets guys play. Uh, but, I mean, you, you go back to the Bahamas and you're trying to beat North Carolina. It's the first half. He played all 12 available scholarship players in the first half of that game. Arkansas got down 12 and was trying to claw back out. But just about every game has been that way. If you look at the first half substitutions, you know, 10 or more players on most nights, uh, that same last night, and then you know you see it in the second half. And some of these games, it's not certain that Arkansas is going to win. So we have not seen him. And I asked him this: I'm like, is this just a look ahead at what your rotation is? Uh, whether that's by the <laughs> he kind of bristled at that plan. too. Huh? He kind of bristled at that one too. But go ahead. <laughs> he did. He did say great question, Kevin. I don't know. He, I don't know if it was great because he he wanted someone to bring it up so he could talk about it, uh, or if he really didn't want to deal with it and he was being sarcastic, but he did. And, it, and look, he, he's basically saying, you know, I'd love to say because of the quality of depth I'm able to do this, but really it's just if one guy can't follow through and execute the game plan, I've got to turn to the next guy. So we know he's always trying to figure this stuff out, and he's made changes to his rotation in the past when Arkansas hits these significant snags. But even in these two consecutive wins, you know, uh, it, you know, it's still a work in progress. And there's still plenty of problem areas. You mentioned the three-point defense. This was a team coming in, by the way, guys, really good offensive team that turned the ball over a lot and not a great three-point shooting team, which obviously last night it was. But where they were really good was scoring inside the arc. 62% field goal percentage in there. Arkansas decimated that. Uh, held them, I think it was like 17 of 41, 18 of 40. I mean, 40%, 39%, just took that away. Conversely, uh, Furman was able to make them pay by getting it going from the outside, and Arkansas had trouble there. Uh, but this is a Furman team, if you look at them coming in, I mentioned the percentage is about a 31% three-point shooting team. Much better there last night, close to 38%. The volume was significant, you know, 12 of 32. was a team that was averaging 8 of 27 on attempts and make. So, yeah, that was a trouble spot. Arkansas did force 11 turnovers, so they they couldn't quite get it to the average Furman usually gets. And then Arkansas matched them there. Arkansas self-inflicted wounds, I thought. You know, more of the same, just not always taking care of the ball. Now, the second half was better there. And then Arkansas has also been an elite team getting to the free throw line, but lately these teams are playing, whether it was Duke or Furman, has been able to match Arkansas, you know, stay within a free throw attempt. And that's where Arkansas tries to get some separation is to shoot a lot more free throws and then hopefully make enough where you're getting some cushion there. Um, you know, Arkansas's offense has been really good the last two games, guys. The, the passing's back, the ball movement's there, and then now you're seeing all these offensive weapons. You know, they're not, you know, it, it, it's coming easier for everybody because that ball's hot and there's energy there. And you see Devo Davis with eight assists last night and 10 rebounds and 
you know, he has not been efficient shooting the ball, but boy, I thought he was the player of the game for all the other things he did. Most men talked about how his defense rebounded saved the team. And you look at guys like Chandler Lawson, who had a career high last night. KLF battle with 20 of his 25 season high. Reached the 1,000 point mark. A lot of things you can look at offensively and say, okay, they were in a funk. Maybe that's gotten kind of coming out of that. But on that defensive end, the offensive glass has been a killer. Other teams hitting it. And Arkansas not closing out possessions with defensive rebounds. And then you talked about it. It was three-point shooting last night. And then not getting that team to turn the ball over like it typically does. Well, once again, I just have to say that it's a shame that on December 4th they didn't play a perfect game and peak uh, long before the conference season starts, it's really it would be terrible if there wasn't so, if if there wasn't something to complain about. It'd be long before you get to the conference season, right? Am I am I being overly sarcastic on that? I think it's really tongue in cheek there. Gee, many Christmas. I mean, it's, but, but every game thing, you're going to find Rick, something wrong. I don't know if we give enough of these other teams some credit. Look around at all of the upsets in college basketball. Are they yeah. really upset? Some of these teams. I mean, Furman's bringing a lot of players back on a team that won 28 games last year. That's right. Won its conference, upset Virginia, call it an upset if you look at the seeding in the NCAA tournament, and lost to the eventual national runner-ups in the second round, San Diego State. This is a good team returning a lot of players. Now, Furman was without its leading scorer last night. He hurt his knee the previous game against Princeton, a game that you thought Furman probably didn't have in the bag, obviously, 11-point lead with about four minutes ago, lost by a point on the road to Princeton. So Furman wasn't exactly at full strength. Great to see Tremont Mark back, by the way. Did not start for the first time this year, but just getting him back on the court. And he gave Arkansas some good production at both ends at times. Good to see him back. And then Brazil gets hurt. A late ankle sprain comes out with about two and a half minutes. Didn't return. Mussman said in the postgame last night uh, that he was having swelling and that it was a bad sprain. We'll have an update. We'll have him on a press conference tomorrow with Makai Mitchell to preview the Oklahoma game on Saturday. So hopefully we have an update on his status. But sometimes with ankle sprains, you know how that can be, especially if it's a high ankle sprain. We don't know that answer yet. Sometimes it can be weeks before a guy's ready to return. Not trying to speculate or put the worst out there, but that's a possibility when you're talking ankle sprains. That's pretty common. It's also common for players to sometimes get recover quicker. Um, you know, how quickly? I mean, five days between games. We'll see. We're even seeing now, Kevin, it happened to Kenny Pickett, uh, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, who had a high ankle sprain. He actually had surgery. Some now are having surgery so they can speed up the healing process. Doc Bauer of Georgia did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, in my yep. comments, you're right. If, if Did I not read correctly that uh, Furman is in the same conference as North Carolina-Greensboro, and, and Greensboro's picked second and Furman's picked first in the conference? So the fact that they beat That's right. Furman is a pretty Arkansas big deal. went one and one against the Southern yeah. Conference. And you can count yourself. I mean, like I said, we, we disrespect these names of these teams with hyphens or you know mid-major and don't know a lot about them. But you know, if you're really paying attention, it's, it's every night around college basketball. In November, December, you, you've got either a team getting a scare or getting beat, and, and yeah. the team that you think going into it should be winning on their on their home court. So, I mean, Furman beat South Carolina last year on a neutral court by 19 points in the regular season. Well, and then um, you, you know, look they, on they're, Selection they're Sunday. They're unafraid of playing this level of competition. And then on Selection Sunday, you see several of these teams in the NCAA tournament, and you say, oh, really? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, there were positives. I, I went through some of it. The offense, again, the 21 assists, I mean, I, I'm really impressed with all of the guards right now. I know L. Ellis has been up and down last night. was one of Except those games. He, up Kevin, uh, Kevin, hold on. Except that okay. Eric was quite upset with his guards, with the exception of Devo and Blocker, for not rebounding. He said battle has got to do better. Yeah. Yeah. His 25 points weren't enough. But you know what? Look, here's the thing I love about Musselman. He is a perfectionist, and that drives his teams to get better. His teams will never be complacent as long as he's a coach. No, you're right about that. Hang on, Kevin. we got to take a break. Hang on. All right, Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue.
Coach Kevin Kelly joins the zone each Wednesday presented by the Little Rock Athletic Club. Join the Little Rock Athletic Club and save 50% off joining fees. LRAC.com. This is the Pigskin Preacher bringing you the word. It was recently announced that Elon Musk is the world's wealthiest man with a net worth of $251 billion. The head of SpaceX, Tesla, Starlink, and X, formerly Twitter, is a different cat. Biographer Walter Isaacson spent two years with Musk and was amazed. He wrote of one meeting, This is insane. Here I am, a normal person, and these people are talking about how to do governance and communities on Mars. Having spent a lot of time in New Mexico, I'm looking forward to going to Mars. I'm sure a lot of Ohio State fans would like me to go to Mars, too. Double Bees presents Sweet Shooting Joseph Pinion as he joins Randy and Rick each week on Drive Time Sports. Come on in and treat yourself to a delicious bean to cup of Renoco coffee made fresh with the roast of your choice. Doublebee's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. That's Doublebee's. At Edwards Food Giant, they know your family is important. And they also know that your time and convenience is as well. So why not take advantage of their heat and eat items in their deli department? Those famous Edwards Food Giant signature dishes with many of the same entrees and recipes that are served daily in the hot bar. All ready to take home and serve to your family tonight. This week's special is stuffed bell peppers for only $6.49 per pound with coarse souffle for $5.99 per pound. This is Pat Bradley for Whit Davis Lumber Plus. Whit Davis Lumber Company is your blueprint for success. Whether you're a professional contractor or just need a hand being handy, Whit Davis is your partner for getting the job done right. From quality materials to tools for projects inside and out, they understand how important quality is when it comes to your home. So, when you're in need of a lumberyard or hardware store, think of my friends over at Whit Davis. You can find them in Jacksonville, Cabot, Sherwood, and Greenbrier or online at WhitDavis.com. Hello, folks. It's Frank Fletcher from the Fletcher Dodge Store here in Sherwood. For the past few months, we've been asking you to give us a chance to buy your cars, and the response has been great. We really appreciate all of you who brought your cars in and turned it into cash. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Folks, we're still buying cars every day. So look around and see what you or your family has in the garage that you want to turn into cash. It's really easy, folks. Just come into Fletcher Dodge and ask for Chris or Andy. We'll buy any vehicle and we'll pay you more than anyone. We can't find enough vehicles at the auto auctions to meet the demand. So we're extending you this offer to the public. We'll pay you more, so don't wait. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Come see us today for the best cash offer on your car, truck, van, or SUV. Just ask for Chris or Andy. We'll pay you more, so come see us at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood. Thanks. Now, back to Drive Time Sports. Live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. When you're on the road, we're the voices inside your head. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. We are joined again by... The man, better known as Kevin McPherson, and I don't have any clue where that is right now, so let's do this. Okay, why did it stop being a touchscreen all of a sudden? Because it used I to, I don't know, I used to could just accidentally bump into it and it play, and now I'm banging away. Maybe it wants to play tight. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. I don't know why I was being ornery today, but <laughs> if if Nolan had been on that one side of the page, if I'd just looked at it, it would have started playing. Um, you were talking about Brazil, but one thing, Kevin, that I think uh, obviously it was the latter stages of the game when Trayvon Mark went down in the Bahamas, but it seems like, and it's kind of like Khalif Battle said in the um, in his post game comments. Any player, it seems like, can step up and get big numbers for this team. 
Uh, last night, it was Chandler Lawson, who, I don't know if you could say unexpectedly, had 19 points. Boy, he is a blocking machine. He can block shots left yeah. and right. Um, but it might be, uh, you know, again, battle, but you never know. Mark, he could return back to uh, that form he had before he went down with the injury. What, 34 points, I believe it was. And mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of weapons on this team. Yeah, and and don't forget, Devo Davis is a guy that can that can strike for twenty. Sure. Uh, he, you know, he's off, and we've seen him have slow starts to seasons. We remember, we think about newcomers in terms of them getting acclimated to the system, and we think, well, a guy like Devo's been around, he understands everything, but he also has to learn how to mess with new players and figure out where his spots are. And you know, this is a better offensive team throughout the lineup, and it's not probably needed as much. Is when Arkansas needed Dio to step up at times when uh, when there weren't maybe enough weapons around him to go give him some some scoring offense. I thought he did a great job last night of not hunting shots. I noticed there were times in the past where Dio might pull a three, uh, you know, just because it was kind of there. And he think, you know what, we got plenty of shot clock. Let's work this ball and maybe get a better shot. And there's other guys you probably would rather take in some threes if they're open and the ball's moving. So I think he's playing a more mature game. His turnovers are at a career low right now. But you mentioned the offense. That's not a problem as long as the ball's moving. Where it was a problem in the Bahamas and against Greensboro is it just wasn't moving via pass, and guys were playing too much one-on-one. I don't care how gifted and how many guys you've got that could go get a bucket. You, you've got to be more than one-dimensional, and that was a problem Arkansas had last year. Now you've got three-point shooters. That's why you need that ball to move and make defenses then guess what you're doing where you're picking and choosing uh, and, and playing off off that, that energy of that ball. So Arkansas is doing a much better job than that. Hey, the stats say everything. 38 assists in the last two games, only 26 of the previous four games when you went lost three out of four. And that one win was over a Stanford team that's counting right now as a quad four win. Mm. Uh, it's outside of the Stanford quad. Huh? Stanford is a quad four win. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. why Arkansas's yeah. NET is. You think what a hundred and seven or nine or whatever it is. You're thinking really? They played a pretty tough schedule. Shouldn't it be better than that? Yeah. So it, well, you know, the loss to Greensboro is counting as a quad two right now. A lot of people get it, but it could end up a quad three. It wants if if Greensboro, I think it was. 73rd in the initial net rankings that came out on Monday, and that they need to stay in the top 75 for that to count as a quad two and not a quad three loss. Quad three and quad four losses are not good. They impact your postseason seeding, and then you've got to start racking up some quad one. Duke, by virtue of losing at Georgia Tech, I think knocked it outside of the top 30 of those initial net rankings. We'll never know because they uh, debuted at 37 after that loss. I think Duke would have probably been a top 30 team in that, if not for that loss to Georgia Tech, which would count as a quad one. When I think Duke's got a, obviously plenty in front of it to finish top 30 for that to be become a quad one win on Arkansas's resume. And then Oklahoma, guys, this Saturday, just a few days, you know, this weekend, ranked 19th in the country, top 20 in net, 19th in the AP poll, still unbeaten, going to uh, tips off against Providence here in a few minutes, I believe. Yes, and we'll see if, if Oklahoma can move to eight and zero. And Providence is a good program, but if, if Oklahoma gets to eight and zero, then that'll be you know even better for Arkansas to have a chance to pick up a quad one win there. I did not realize uh, Duke had fallen so far. Yeah, I understand how it works, but it's kind of difficult to. It seems like Kevin, what you're saying is when you stumble against a quad four school, that's going to haunt you. For the rest of the year, there's kind of like no way you can almost make it up. Well, well, you can by having by having a lot of quality wins, and Arkansas does have a tough schedule, and that's going to obviously be the case through the 18 game SEC slate. Arkansas is going to pick up quad one wins. Uh, you just don't want too many bad losses. You got maybe one with good Greensboro sticks at quad two. It's not a it's not a quality loss, but it's not a bad loss. You know. There's such things as quality losses. I mean, you could, some of these quad one, uh, the values in net losing some of these quad one road games is is it helps your will help your net more than a cheap win. 
against a quad three or quad four. It just works like that sometimes. Obviously, you got to win enough games for for that to be true. Um, you know, you can't lose a bunch of quad one games and have a, a losing record and qualify for anything. But you know what I'm saying? It, when you start factoring some of this in, sometimes it goes against what we used to think was important was to get to 20 or more wins. Mm-hmm. Get as many of those, and maybe you pick up a few quality ones enough to oppress a committee and get in. Now they're really looking at these analytics, and, and that is obviously the installation tool for that part of it. They still use some eye test stuff, but you gotta, you know, you got to build that resume. And these schedules are, are designed with those things in mind and trying to game that system. Uh, everything's about gaming a system because to some degree, you, you know, between human polls and analytics, none of them are exactly right. You know, there, there's, you know, it's, there's subjectivity there. Um, but we know Arkansas is obviously again Oklahoma. This was a this is a better game for Arkansas than it's been the previous two years in terms of a quad one opportunity. Because Oklahoma hasn't been all that great, even though Arkansas won last year. That that game didn't have a lot of a lot of value when you looked at that in the quad system. Kevin Jeremiah Davenport. Uh, I'm not sure how many games in a row that he started, but. He ended up only playing 11 minutes and 22 seconds last night. Do you think it's it's Coach Musselman continuing to try to see if they can't get Davenport going? His his so-called specialty is the three-point shot. He was 2 of 4 last night overall, but he was 0 for 2 beyond the three-point line. Do you think Coach is still trying to go with Jeremiah to see if he can get him start jump-started? Yeah, I mean, it's it, to a lesser degree, there's a similarity with Ellis. Ellis has been back in the starting lineup. He had a good game against Duke, not so much last night. He played 12 minutes. Yeah. So I think with a, with a lot of these guys, that's what it's going on. He's just he just it's the next man up when he doesn't see what he wants to see. There's breakdowns defensively. There may be some things on offense he doesn't like when he when he's looking at them, and he and he just looks down that bench. This is the interesting part. You know, he did say in the press conference last night. This is not about the quality of my depth. It's about just trying to get someone to execute game plan. But in a sense, it is about the quality of your depth because in the past, he's had to live with guys who weren't doing the right thing and he just didn't have an option. I mean, Mason Jones, who had an all another world, other worldly offensive season, sometimes had laps after laps after laps defensively. You could see the frustration on Musselman, uh, but he didn't really have a choice. He didn't have the next guy. So I think when you do have quality depth, it allows him to do what he's doing right now. So to some degree, you know, he, you know, he's not, you know, he, he may be downplaying it, but to some degree, it is a bit of a luxury right now because he's got other options, and it forces other players. Look, this guy's going to come in for you if you're not getting it done. It's going to have to. Some guys are going to have to figure out a way to be more accountable if they plan on getting real minutes and, and, and consistently having a, a role in the rotation. We are out of time. It goes quickly. All right, Kevin, we will talk to you later on this week. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net, and thanks to Fence Brokers, Chris Walker, and the gang at Fence Brokers. Hour number three coming up. Next up, Joseph Pinion. Thanks to Double B's. Drive Time Sports will continue in a moment. Hi, neighbor. It's Garen with Shamrock Roofing. Fall is upon us. Don't go into the cold, wet winter months wondering if your roof will hold up till spring. Get peace of mind now. Visit shamrockroofer.com for a chance to win a new roof free. This is Pat Bradley, and I'll be on Morning Mayhem Weekly thanks to Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union. Alcoa is now serving residents in Saline, Grant, Garland,